Hello and welcome to the Round Review brought to you by Footy Live and Simmons Homes. And every day across Australia, it's tools up for Team Simmons because their people stand by their promise to start building your new home on time and on budget. So if you're ready to join the hundreds of Australians, they're welcoming home each month. Talk to Simmons, the great Australian builder. Before I talk to Simmons, I'm going to speak to my trusty co-host, just the one of them today. One of them's got COVID. It's just Nico. Nicholas. We're going to miss Gordo, aren't we, this week? We are. We are. We always miss Gordo. He's a value addition, a valuable addition to the to the team. Um, but yeah, it's been, it was a good weekend, to say the least. I think Jimmy. It uh, was. Maybe just partied too hard because it was a good weekend of footy. It was. I thought it, all round. So yeah, many highlights. What are your first, first impressions of it? Just just give me the, the first thing that comes to your mind when I say round two. Uh, entertaining. Entertaining. I mean, yeah. Obviously, goals galore from the big forwards, uh, and obviously Budwa, big mm. buddy Franklin. Uh, it had everything, though, didn't it? it? Had injuries. It had yeah, controversy. It, it yeah. had goals. You always like putting a negative twist on things. I was trying no, to but no, I just, it just had everything, though. You don't want everything no, perfect, Nicholas. Some things have to be bad. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I want to know your hero, though. My hero for the weekend was Lockie Neal, mate, because. Mm. I just thought it was the performance of the weekend. You're mating uh, me a lot. Why are you you're always saying mate? Because you're my mate. Is well, that no, but it's not yeah. often you'd All right, Jimbo, I don't know what's happened. Jimbo. All right, no, fair enough. <laughs> no, yeah. um, it was Lockie Neal. Um after quarter time in that game against Essendon, he just turns it on. Mm. He finished with forty one disposals and two goals too. For a midfielder, not too bad, and twelve clearances as well. And what I really loved about it was um, after the game when he was asked about mm. his performance and, you know, what clicked after quarter time, he credited it to Paddy Cripps saying he inspired him. Um, he said he watched him on Thursday night and going forward and impacting the game on the scoreboard. He said that fueled him to do the same and Ooh. he did exactly that. So, I mean, we all know Lockie Neal's a wonderful player, Brownlow medalist, but yeah, that's nice to see, you know, um, giving credit to other players in the AFL. and um, Yeah, and it was just a top-notch performance. He was the difference maker in that game. He was. It was a close game at one point. He was the difference maker. I want to say it now, but I'll wait because it is one of my lowlights. I was going to say something about Essendon and Ben Rutten's decision not to tag the man that was – I mean, everyone picked it that he was going to change the game. It's not the first time he's played against Essendon and absolutely dominated. I'll mention that later, but he did perform really, really well. And I like to see it, Nicholas, because the one way, there was always going to be a little bit of pressure, I thought, on Lockie Neal this season because of what happened. You know, obviously, straight away when they were knocked out of finals, there was talk of him going back to Western Australia. And uh, there was a lot of negativity coming his way from the fans of Brisbane. So, you know, is his loyalty really there? Does he want to stay? That sort of thing. But putting in performances like this early on definitely shuts them all up. So it's it's great to see it for him because... As he says, he puts his family first, which I think is great for a man to do, which was that was the only reason why he thought about Western Australia and his partner's family there. He just had their, uh, his daughter, I think it was. So, you know, it's good to see him put in big performances, Nicholas. My hero was the and You're going to think I'm biased here because I'm picking a Richmond player, but it is honest. And we want. I just want to mention them just a little bit because later on, you're yep. going to mention the Hawks. And I must say, 
um, you've you've done a good job at not nominating a hero from Hawthorne, but that is because I'm going to give you an opportunity later on in fans yeah, chat. I'm, I'm going to just keep the lid on it for now. Keep a lid on it for now. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, lift the lid off just a little bit about Richmond, but it's because it's Toby Nankervis. And the reason why, okay, he, he's the co-captain. Obviously, it's the first game as sole captain because uh, Dylan Grimes wasn't there. I like leaders who lead from the front. And obviously, there's a lot of talk about the Tigers have lost their edge. They've lost their hardness. They've lost their tackling pressure and their pressure on the ball carries and that sort of thing. He had a team high 10 contested possessions and the third most pressure points, which you don't look at pressure points that much, but 50 pressure points is pretty good, especially from a ruckman. So I thought he led from the front and, and set the tone to say, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna let people talk about Richmond like this. We're gonna set the tone early. We're gonna go after the opposition, which is exactly what he did. And that goal he kicked out of midair, that soccer goal was fantastic. But everyone off their off their seat. So I thought he led from the front and it was very it like I said, set the tone because Richmond did win the contested possessions, won the clearances. There's a lot of talk about that after round one against Carlton. So I thought without him, he was wasn't the best player on the ground. Jaden Short, I thought was fantastic, and even Nathan Broad. But when you're missing the likes of Dustin Martin, Dylan Grimes, Jack Rewald, Dion Prestia, Nick Blost, and Kane Lambert, mm. you need other people to step up in their absence. And I thought that Toby Nankervis did that. And without him, I don't think the Tigers would have won, to be honest. So <laughs> he's my he's my hero. Yeah, he loves throwing his body to, body around, the big Nank, mm. Nank the Tank. Um, I actually watched Richmond's game very closely. I was working on that game. Oh, and beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he was fantastic, Nank Kervis. Um, yeah, it's just very physical, like you said, getting the contested mm. ball, and that goal was brilliant. And, yeah, um, I, I just thought Richmond as a whole as well just kept answering back to GWS. Mm. Every time they just kept coming, um, Richmond just had an answer for it. And... I thought they were fantastic. It, it was a very Richmond-like performance, so you'd yeah, be yeah. very happy with that. I was very, I was very happy. Not, I didn't have a lot of confidence going in. I'll be honest with you when you see all those names. But there has been times in the past where big names have missed, and Richmond's got over the line because you know the people who step up in their absence want to prove a point. So I, look, I, I wasn't confident, but it, it didn't shock me that we put on this top performance. Mm. And I will say we because I'm a proud Tiger today, <laughs> Nicholas. But what do you think of the Giants just quickly? Because they they, they, yeah. they were pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah, they, they were. I was going to have them as my low light, but I just thought the Giants, we've expected so much from them in recent years. And every time we look at them on paper, um, they've, they've got their, they've got the best midfield on paper, hands down, in mm. the AFL. Um, the, with the pieces they have all around the ground, they, they have the credentials to be a premiership contender, I think. And they just, they keep, year in, year out, they keep losing games they should be winning. Mm. Um and like, look, they might still make finals, whatever. But I just think this is a this is a common trend with the Giants every single season. Um, I don't know if it's a mental thing or a coaching thing. I think it has to be put down to coaching. In all honesty, I think this is a Leon Cameron, Leon Cameron thing. Yeah, I, I I don't I can't pinpoint why, but the Giants just can never get get it to click with um the players and the tools that they have at hand. They should yeah. be a better team. It's I don't know about the way that they're playing. I mean, I, I don't like holding on to possession too long and chipping their way through. I mean, at times you've got to go. 
And mm. it was interesting yesterday, I was um, sitting in the box and listening to Matthew Richardson talk to Callan Ward about it. And it said yeah. that, you know, was there um, a kind of thought to move it a bit quicker from the halfback flank at times? And mm. he said, no, no, actually the focus this week was actually holding possession a little bit more. And sometimes they try to move it quicker because they were panicking once they got halfway. And I thought, geez, you know, it wasn't working for them. Chip, chip, chip taking their time, trying to work it up. Occasionally it does, but there's times where you've got to go because it, you, you allow the opposition to set up behind you. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, you know yeah. I mean, who are we to question Leon Cameron? But still, I mean, it just didn't look like it, it worked. And once again, like you said, the Giants uh, let their fans down, all four of them. Hey, what was your highlight, Nicholas? Well, the, there was a fair few to pick from, but I think the obvious one has to be Buddy's 1,000th uh, goal, mate. Warner, surely he looks for number 23, got him on short, and he's got it, bud. Hope they don't go early, JB. Look at it, everyone's charging down. That's what he's got ahead of him. We'll be back after a quick break. It's, it's one for the history books. Um, and yeah, what a moment. What a moment. Uh, we called it before the weekend. We thought, you know, I had this as my must-watch game in case mm. Buddy did pull off the four goals. I still didn't think I must think admit, you, you did call it. You said watch it. It might happen. I didn't think you'd get the four, to be yeah. honest. Once he got to three, you know yeah, well, they were going to find yeah. him. They will find him no matter what, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually glad that it happened at the SCG because I don't Something. think you know, if it happened in the state, I don't think we would have got the reaction that we did from the fans. Um, and it was incredible. And there's mm. always, there's always people that, um, you know, want to find a reason to complain when there is no reason. Mm. People saying, oh, there was a lack of security. It could have been dangerous. You know, um, Buddy could have been hurt, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think he embraced it. He was oh, loving it. And why I wouldn't he? That. Yeah, and I just thought it was a great moment. Great moment for him, great moment for um, footy in general and footy up in Sydney, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just it was just awesome to see. I've, I think it, it was good. It was a historical moment. I remember, well, before it happened, I kind of, I said to Fiona, I said, watch this because we're never going to see this again. Yeah, ever. we won't. We won't. So, and, and 
I love the way that he embraced it though, because he's, and he admitted that he was thinking about it for a while and just, and when you, you, you know, you, you're probably like, surely you're really claustrophobic when there's so many people around you and it's, you don't know how to get off the ground, but he was fist pumping. He was smiling. He was embracing and he was laughing. I thought it was fantastic because in the past we have seen when Dunstall, your mate kicked one and he was trying to get off the ground. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere, but that, that place, yeah. I think, but he knew, this is a significant moment. How I'm going to get through this? Just embrace it and love well, it. Yeah, he's one of the lucky ones that's been able to do it twice, or, or ha- yeah. has had that moment twice. And he probably looks back on the younger version, the younger version of himself from 2008, and mm. he probably thinks, "Damn, I, sh- I look kind of stupid there, trying to rush off the field. Maybe next time it happens, or if I kick yeah. a thousand goals, I'm just going to, you know, join him with the crowd and celebrate a bit." And, yeah, so it, it was great to see. I thought it was fantastic and mm. extremely, extremely happy for him. Yeah, Nicholas, we like positivity on this show, as you know. Mm-hmm. Gordo's not here, so he can't give us a highlight. Give me another highlight. Um, another highlight w- was just the key forwards in general from the weekend. Obviously, we saw Buddy's four goals, and mm. in a weekend where we, you know, celebrate goal kicking, um, Charlie Kerno goes and kicks five. Mackay kicks yeah. four in the same game. Uh, Mitch Lewis kicks five, Larky kicks six, mm. Noah Bolter four, and Max King four. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a great weekend from the key you forwards. You love your goal it's, kickers. Oh, well, we, we see the impact that it has. They, they, all, they were all match winners, each and every one of them. Um, mm. Those goals came down uh, – those games came down to the wire and, um, or, you know, and they, they proved the difference, the big key forwards, and that's what we love to see. And um obviously fans fans love love it when the big forwards take over and yep. you know kick a bag of goals so yeah I, I thought that was a really great highlight to have on a weekend where yeah buddy cracked the big 1000 i thought it was good too and i thought it was uh, my highlight is actually the blues back on thursday night i thought that was terrific and i think footy's better when, yeah. when carlton's up and about because look at all the fans <laughs> Look at the fans there. It was right. the sound was deafening when they kicked a few in a row, and they were up by a fair bit at one stage. The doggies did come back, but they held up well. Carlton in the end. I mean, I'm kind of lucky that the dogs wasted their chances late in the fourth quarter, but still, the way they're playing, this is a Carlton team. I didn't have faith in them because because we've seen it before. I mean, for yeah. the last since I've known you, Nicholas, we've been talking about Carlton. Well, this might be the year. They might do something. Have a little faith. I'll tip them again two weeks in a row. They always let you down, yeah. except for. This year, I feel. I mean, it's been two games, but this is a typical Carlton game that they'd lose. They'd win round, like they don't normally win round one, round one, but you know, when they have a big win the next week, you go, yeah, they'll do it again. They yeah. drop off. This is, yeah. you can actually have faith that they can do it. You can believe, you can, they're not going to let you down, this Carlton side. And Cripps, six votes already, surely. Yeah. Two games, 35 Locking. disposals, two goals, 12 score involvements, 11 clearances. I thought Walsh was good as well. When they said that Chera was out, you thought, oh, no, I don't know if they can do it. But Walsh to come in. And if there's yeah. one player that can just fit in seamlessly, it's Walsh, that professionalism. Mm. And they, they teamed up a fair few times. It was like Batman and Robin uh, combining middle of the ground. And then, like you mentioned, Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow to combine for nine goals, I think it was. Yeah, it's just so great. I mean, Charlie, the first week didn't look great, but um, he did put in a great performance. He looks fit now. Uh, Aaron Norton, though, that, uh, he needs he needs help. He needs help up forward, and they need help down back too because Alex mm-hmm. Keith can't do it on his own. I think the midfield's good for the doggies, 
which mm. we never doubted. But at either end, it it doesn't look great. But I don't want to want to be negative because that's that's what you do. But I I want to try and be positive here and just concentrate <laughs> on on the Blues. Um, but they were fantastic. And and that midfield I mentioned though, they won the contested ball one sixty one to one twenty three and clearances twenty four mm. to seventeen. So against a late midfield midfielders, Carlton did the job. And they look pretty damn good, Nicholas. They do, they do. Um, I like you touched on the key players there, and it, it does it does seem like it's all starting to click for them. Um, and the, they've got all the pieces you reckon for a, um, you'd think for a, a real push for finals and top four. Um, they've got the key forwards, the two big pillars up there. They've got the midfielders, um, even the runoff halfback from Doherty, Sam Williams, Saad. Yeah. Um, Reading's yeah, reading's a good key forward, uh, key back, uh, backman as well. He can lock them down, and he's in good yep. form. Telling you, they've got all the pieces, and they they look dangerous. You you wouldn't want to be playing them at the moment, um, especially with this momentum that they've got. Yeah, um, the, the form Cripps is in, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see how far um, it takes them. Um, but I I think they've got um, yeah, all the all the tools to be a very dangerous side this season so it's mm. going to be really fun to be watching them every week just to see how this develops George Hewitt as well he picked up 32 he's been good Georgie yep. boy yeah he has absolutely been impressive has. so look they've done really well and even moving McGovern to the back line as well he's found his own he takes some good intercept marks yeah I think that's his position fantastic. yep yep he's got the body he's got the height he mm. knows how to take a mark and yeah definitely I think they've found one at full back um yep. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Let's get into some lowlights, Nick. This is where you really shine. You like to be negative. You're a pessimistic man. Give me a low light for this week. There wasn't too many, but the one that kind of grinded my gears was the whole West Coast COVID outbreak and the fact that this game still went ahead, Jim. Wow, really? You I don't didn't think like it gone ahead? It, the game, the game loses it loses its integrity. Sorry, and um, there's no turning back for the AFL now for future outbreaks. You can't. But they, uh, they if, always said it was going to happen. I don't. I don't like to interrupt. Sorry, you go on. But they always said it was going to happen. No matter what, we're playing the games. We're keeping the fixture. They don't want to be like the A League, Nicholas, where you can't keep track of what games being played. And there's a game on a Wednesday night. Then there's a game postponement. Some yeah, teams, I, I, you know, I, did, I didn't mind that, and I don't mind. You you know the the feeling plays coming in, but I think you do have to draw a line somewhere and say, okay, no, enough is enough. There's there's too much going on here. I didn't like it during the big bash season when um yeah they were Melbourne Stars was fielding a team full of kids from the from the local competitions. I, I think the the whole competition and the season lose its its integrity. Um, and yeah, I think no no offense to North Melbourne and their fans, but. Almost every time you, uh, someone's going to play against North, you're going to back yourself into win. And if if um, West Coast miss out on finals by a game, Jimmy, they're going to look back on this game and think, well, that could have yeah. been one that we w- would have won. But that's – look, these things happen, Nicholas. I mean, yeah. I, I, the, the, the point is for me is that they the AFL promised at the start the fixtures will go ahead. People know when games being played. They can buy tickets. They know when they're going to watch them. There's no catch-up games. The biggest problem now with the A-League, with the you know even the EPL and, and leagues that you're trying to follow is that you can't make it hard to follow for fans and you can't have all these catch-ups and that sort of thing. You know consistently fixturing as well. For the broadcast, it helps. I don't mind this. Look, they knew what was going to happen. And these are young players that got their first taste of AFL football. 
and it's oh, a dream country for them as well. You can look at the positive, the positive side of it, Nick. Absolutely, there are positives, but. I mean, would you be saying the same thing if, you know, this happened to Richmond? Yes, you, 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 you would have to hand the four hand, points over to North Melbourne. Hands on heart, I'd say that's the way it is. That's the way it falls. That's <sighs> the way we've got to live with it. One, bringing in one player, um, one top-up player is fine, but how many did West Coast have? Four or five? And so I think they had yeah, to make like 13, 13 changes. Or... Yeah, 13 unavailable or something like that. But still, oh, look. No, I, I'm not blaming West Coast. I'm there was questions, see that? There was questions yeah, about how... they not treating COVID seriously. And Adam Simpson bit back pretty harshly. Mm-hmm. So it was the most idiotic thing he ever heard, that questioning about um, not taking COVID seriously. They're following all the protocols, that sort of thing. I think that was harsh. I mean, we yeah. know how it was. When we had outbreaks here, I mean, maybe it's starting again, Dutch wood, but it, it, sometimes it's unavoidable, you know? Yeah. So I think they were silly comments, to be honest. Um, my low light, Nick, mm-hmm. one of two, because I'm going to go two because Gordo's not here. First one's Ben Rutten. Now, why he, speaking of COVID, he chose yeah. for his men to socially distance from Lockie Neal. Why wouldn't you put <laughs> someone on him? Honestly, he's got two, three, and three Brownlow votes the last three times he's played Essendon. Okay, I can understand the way you're going to start like that. Fair enough. But he's Mm. ended up with 41 touches, 12 clearances, and two goals. That decides your game. That's your game right there. One player made the difference. He was asked after halftime, why didn't you, at least after halftime, why don't you put someone on Lockie Neal? And Ben Rutten in the press conference said... Yeah, look, he did. I think he was probably more influential in the second half. Um, you know, they started to get some ascendancy around clearances. Um, so a bit of the decision-making around that was, you know, the scoreboard does play an impact on that as well. You know, we, we're trying to... We don't want to get too defensive at stoppages um, because, yeah, we were creating some scoring opportunities from them. We, we uh, That was one part of our game where we created some really good looks but didn't quite hit the scoreboard the way we would have liked. Um, and he's just a really classy, crafty player as well. So, um, yeah, I think his influence was more in the second half. And the decision for us was, you know, how, how defensive do we want to get at stoppage when we actually want to still create some scores? Like I said, we are not coaches, but geez, man, like you, yeah. all week, if you were listening to talk back or looking on social media, all the fans knew Lockie Neal is going to have a field day. Essendon don't tag. Just yeah. run. With, I mean, we saw. Perfect example was on Friday, Callum Mills to Dangerfield. Didn't like stick on him the whole, but went up on him in stoppages. He played on him and Callum Mills ended up with the most disposals on the ground. Yeah. That's probably one of the best players. Exactly right. It doesn't have to be a hard tag. It just needs to be someone just to keep an eye on him, maybe stop him from getting the ball easily. And yeah, just stop his impact. That's all. Just put a hand on him. Everyone in the the stoppages from Essendon, they did it against Geelong as well. When they let, they let Paddy Dangerfield roam free. They're, no one's on the defensive side. They just want to run forward from stoppages. Fair enough, you can do it a few times. That's how you, you want to score. But mm. when you're getting absolutely beaten and smacked uh, from one player, just send someone with him. I thought it was horrendous. A bad, really bad decision. And I, I like his honesty, though, Ben Rutten in the press conference to say, look, we decided not to do it. I love the honesty. I just thought it was a bad mm. decision, to be honest. Yeah. Um, my second one. Nick, was the talk of the debutant as a sub, and this is Essendon game again, Tex Wanganeck yeah. made his debut uh, yeah. as a medical sub. Now, my stance on this is I don't mind him, a, a, a debutant or a, a player who has not played a game being a sub, but it should not count as his first game unless he gets on the ground. I agree. Okay? And I, I know agree. a lot of people say that, you know, it takes away from the moment. He's got his family come down. He's hugging in the rooms, gets a jumper presenta- uh, presented to him. 
that's fine. You're still there. It's like in, in world football, when you're on the bench, it's still a great accomplishment to be there waiting. You might mm. get your opportunity. That's when it's your debut. So I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind that. But he didn't step foot on the ground. He hasn't played a game in my eyes. I don't understand why they call it a call it a debut to begin with. Mm. If you don't play, how is it how is it a debut? How is yeah, sitting on the I, bench I don't a debut? Like it. I, I don't like it. Whoever came up with that, I just I'd love to understand um, their thought process in coming up with that because that is just bizarre. I don't agree with it. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind the substitute rule and putting. I agree with you. Putting mm. um, young players that haven't played a game as a sub, it's fine. You know, it's can be an opportunity for them to, you know, get an extra game under their belt if they're lucky enough to come on. But yeah, I don't think, right. I don't think it should be Ken. I think Ken it's a good, a good experience as well for them. I, think, I heard Nathan Buckley speak about this as, as being a sub on, uh, on the bench. It's your first mm. time there in an close to an AFL game environment. You can learn a lot as well before you step onto the scene. So it's a good learning experience. I think, and the talk of that, oh, it takes away from the moment. It wasn't his first. Well, you're still, your parents are still going to be proud of you for being there, for making the top 23. Like, it is your first moment, but it's not your yeah. first game. You know, mm. I don't think it should, until you 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 uh, step on the field. But um, they were thinking of making a rule that you can't make a, um, a, a debut on a sub, that sort of thing. I don't think that that's stupid. That, that's just the coach right. needs, the coach has to put in who he thinks is the next best. Who's going to yeah. help his side? And Tex Wanganin was the next best from mm. the twenty-two, so I think he deserves to be there. But I think it shouldn't be counted as a game. That's yep. my opinion. Uh, tweets and emails hashtag Footy Live, or you can email me at james.sabo at sportsmatemobile.com. Um, Dario Casale, who always emails in, is a good man. Dario, he always contributes to the program, and he had one for you, Nicholas, and I'll answer too. He yep. said, "Nick, Sydney have the best players under twenty-three. Are they capable?" of repeating the baby bombers of 1993. Oh, this year, it, it's, it's very early to say, um, mm. but judging by, you know, what we've seen in the first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't write them off for the premiership. That's for sure. Um, they play, they play really fast footy. That's how they beat the giants last week. Yeah. They did it against the cats this week, mate. Speed kills. Speed, Speed does kill, and it leads to big scores as well. They kicked over 100 points two weeks yep. in a row. Even last mm-hmm. year, I mean, I can remember, I remember we were talking about, oh, Sydney are going to be on bot- on the bottom for a while. Last year, they came out, they beat Richmond, which wasn't hard last year, let's just say, but I think it was round two, and we thought, geez, look at the way they're breaking down this defence. Mm-hmm. They're, they're playing good footy. Their skills are good. The young boys have got confidence. Like Daria mentioned, under 23s. Fantastic. When you've got like Nick Blakey, Callum, well, Callum Mills is 24, but Errol Goulden, Chad Warner, Stevens, yeah. Florent. This is good yeah. quality players. And when you add, you know, the impact of Isaac Heaney, who kicked five again on the weekend, yeah. was fantastic. And then Paddy McCartan, like John, John Longmire has this ability to get the best out of his players, I reckon. Like Paddy McCartan's found his own here in, in the back line. I think he's playing with confidence. I like the way they're playing. And they've kicked the most goals in the league, Nick. They've kicked 34. Second yes. best is Carlton with 30. They're playing good footy. It is two two games, but they've played two good teams. Yeah, they, they played a right round one, GWS, I thought, in patches. And they, they smacked Geelong, who were fantastic against Essendon in round one. They look good. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, no. no if it wouldn't if they were up there, to be me. honest, the way they're playing. Yeah. 
And then yeah, you've got no, the, obviously, I think the maturity of Lance Franklin as well now, and how how yeah. he cares about the team so much, and he's yeah. a you know a guide there, someone who's done it all for the Hawks. So yeah, that's it. There's a good mixture of um of experience and those young players you mentioned, and then there's yeah, obviously guys like Parker as well, and Callum Mills running through the midfield, Josh Kennedy. Yeah, they're a threat, that's for sure. Mm, for sure. Frank Scalisi had one. He wrote, hot pies. Collingwood has proven the doubt is wrong already. There is no doubt we will be 3-0. Nick. 3-0. Oh, look, they, they, they were they good. Geelong the pies, week. they're 2-0. They played Geelong, yeah. But, I mean, who did they beat? St. Kilda in round one. They didn't look <laughs> too good Saints. And Adelaide in round two. So... Um, I mean, they've looked they've looked okay. The Pies, I think many people would have had them in their bottom five at the start of the year. Just so, mm. so to start off with, you know, two wins on, on the trot, um, it's not a bad way to start. But yeah, I'd be keeping a lid on it if I was Big Frankie. Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to tip Geelong next week against the Pies. I'll just say mm. now. So three and zero, I don't think so. But I've liked what I've seen. I mean, some people, I mean, Robbo tipped them for the for the um for the wooden spoon. Like what I've seen, <laughs> they're playing good footy. They kicked over a hundred points twice in a row like yeah. as sydney has but the last time they kicked over 100 points was against carlton in round two of last year so it's just it's shown the different style of play um and it's an attractive style of play and they're playing with confidence it was it wasn't a pretty game on saturday i don't i don't care i mean the, mm. the biggest takeaway from that game was was the false alarm going off at the g honestly like you're gonna say okay. that wasn't very pretty and that wasn't pretty either i mean it, it's good it's nice you know when 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 carlton and collingwood and richmond are up and about and the fans come out it's good it's good for footy but i think you want to keep a lid on it because i think there's still a lot of development to go um good i like to look side bottom and pendlebury are playing good footy at, at an older age, and they're guiding the younger boys. Nick Dacos says that, you know, he could win the uh, the Rising Star for sure. He's playing like a mature play. There's so many positives mm. to come out of it. But I still think you got to, you're a bit early there because St Kilda were absolutely shocking in round mm. one, and Adelaide were, were almost putrid, you could say, on Saturday. So um, it's hard to say yet. I think it's very early, and I'm tipping Geelong against them this week. Uh, Nicholas... Yeah. This will be your favourite part of the show. As you know, every week, guys, we talk to a fan, um, a, a big fan, someone who knows their team back to front. And we were going to go to, we were thinking of Carlton, Carlton, you know, big win. Maybe we'll talk to Weston and see what they think about um, the poor performances. Maybe we go Geelong again. No, we wouldn't do that. We'll go to Hawthorne because it was the probably the, one of the stories of the round. For Nicholas, it was the only story of the round, really. He's been holding his tongue about this since the start of the show. We'll do some Hawk talk with Nicholas. Here we go, Nick. All right. I want to ask you, how yep. happy are you? Can you put it into words after what's happened? I can't really. I'm just, I'm still in a bit of shock. I wake up the last, uh, I've woken up the last two mornings thinking, was it even real? I mean, I, I, I did mention on the Friday program that we, we've got um, that there is potential there for an upset, but mm, I don't think did. anyone was still expecting the 10, 11 goal win over yeah. there in Adelaide. Um, and yeah, like even so, like I, I did touch on the plays that Port were missing, um, and I, I brought up McKenzie and Dersmer, and those guys ended up playing as well. So mm-hmm. it just makes the win all the more impressive. I know they were missing Robbie Gray still, but he was he was pretty non-existent in round one against the Lions. Charlie Dixon, um, it was Fantasia. a loss up forward, you know. Aliyah, 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 but even Ken Hinckley said after the game, he said um, Aliyah, Aliyah wouldn't have made that much of a difference he's like he, he wouldn't have um he, he wouldn't have been able to stop what 
unfolded there. So, I mean, I mean, make of that what you will, but um, I just thought the Hawks were incredible. I just love the way they play. I, I don't expect to win by that margin every week, obviously, but um, if I see that sort of performance, that attacking, aggressive style of football um, every week, I, I'd be one very happy supporter, and so will the rest of the Hawthorne members. Um and yeah, I, I just thought, you know, the the obviously the performances of the um, older older boys as well from Gunston, Bruce, uh, Sicily were very good, but the the young kids, Josh Ward, Connor McDonald, John Newcomb, uh, Denver Granger, Barras, I think they honestly lifted their standards a bit, and um, they they almost led the way for the for the Hawks um, on Saturday night, and it was just fantastic to see. And obviously, Mitch Lewis, five goals. I he am. was huge. He was huge. Literally as well. He is a big boy. But he was yep. a big impact player, wasn't he? He was. Taking big grabs. Um, what pick was he? straight, 13 straight goals. What pick was he? 75 or something? Yeah, it was in the 70s. 75 <laughs> could have been. Yeah. So, yeah, it was It was honestly unbelievable. I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but I it think... Was it, was it was unbelievable. I will say this, Nick. I will yeah. say, Nick. I don't know if we will see it again because, look, you take into context the players that Port were missing. You said Charlie Dixon, Robbie Gray, Fantasia, Aaliyah, Aaliyah. There's a lot of a lot of players missing from that Port Adelaide side. And the fact, this is the biggest one, Nick. He kicked 13 straight from set shots. It's unheard of. It is. The closest is he came. The, the, the closest he came before that was 14-1 against Richmond in 2005. You were one. It, it won't ever happen again, Jimmy. But we <laughs> saw, we did see the the lineups before the game, and yeah. no one still gave Hawthorne oh, no, a chance, no. despite of what. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. No, you're right. You're right. It was fantastic. I thought, I thought it was well coached. To be honest, I thought you isolated the defenders. You knew the weakness there. Mm. Um, you wanted to get them one on one at stages, and you allowed. You know, I thought the move, the ball movement for uh, Mitch Lewis was fantastic as well. And off the back of last week, he performed well, but then yeah. it was contagious. You know, the the um, I think I think he mentioned it in the um, in the press conference, Sam Mitchell. But he just said that the confidence is growing from last week, and you could really see it. I mean, it was it was contagious. Once one went in, then two, and then he started kicking straight all the way through to the last quarter. You go, they're not going to miss these set shots. It was, it was, re- yeah. you know, it was a good to watch. No, because I hate Hawthorne, but for you, it was good to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, the the <laughs> um the most impressive thing actually was um not not just the set shots, but yeah, the entries inside forward fifty. That's been a issue for Hawthorne for years now mm. um and we we've if the, the struggles were on show in round one against North Melbourne as well but I mean we were hitting hitting um yeah Lewis Gunston Bruce on the chest it was just something I haven't seen in a very long time mm. um obviously Hawthorne's midfield still wasn't up to scratch we, but we got smashed in the clearances and the, yeah it was um, a weird one wasn't inside it inside 50s as well yeah, but both yeah they had 24 more clearances 10 more center clearances and 12 more inside 50s yeah yeah it just yeah I, I think it should be highlighting um Hawthorne's efficiency Going inside 50. efficiency, true, and also pressure because they butchered the ball, Port Adelaide, and that they was did. What they with, did, yeah. The pressure on the pressure. ball, the pressure around the ball was incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it shows that we don't need to be winning clearances if we bring that sort of heat to the contest. And mm. yeah, for, for a few young bodies, Hawthorne's youngest side in 15 years to be doing that to the likes of Ollie Wines, Travis Boak, and 
um, yeah, the rest of the Port Adelaide midfield. Um, yeah, it was extremely pleasing to see. Of course, it was. I thought Ward was Josh Ward. He he was mm. he was good, and he was he was really impressed. I I really liked him against Richmond in the preseason. Wanted him to get his first goal, and uh, it was a good moment when he kicked it. And the fact he's a he's a Hawthorne boy, yeah. And his whole his whole life he's been supporting the Hawks. It would have been a fantastic moment for him and his family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that was that was probably the loudest uh, cheer from the Hawthorne supporters at the ground and certainly me at home as well. So For sure. Um, I, could, I was imagining you the whole time I was watching. I, go, I can imagine Nick in his lounge room now, just getting absolutely lit. Was it was it your house? Which one? Your parents' house or your house? Uh, nah, to be honest, I was watching it at work. Oh, yeah, you were working, <laughs> were you? I was working um, and I was actually meant to be watching the um, the Melbourne Gold Coast game, Ooh, but I had the two Fox screens in front of me. This. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. But I was, I was definitely, I was keeping one eye on the Hawks. That's for sure. There wasn't too much happening in the other game, which made, which made it a little bit easier to watch Hawthorne. But, oh, oh mate, yeah, I was, I, I was making a racket in there. You can ask a few of the journalists that were in the same room as me. I was being a bit annoying. But yeah. was, uh, did you speak to Jordan Lewis? He was there that night. He, he was there. Um, Get the word to him. No, I didn't. I didn't have a word to Lewis. He was, he, you know, he kept a lid on it pretty well. But um, Dermot Brereton, actually, he was. Yeah, I was going to say, Dermot loves to come chat to you, doesn't he, about the Hawks? He does. He's a lot more vocal than Jordan Lewis. Um, so Dermot was actually commentating the Melbourne um, Gold Coast game mm. from the from the truck. From yeah, obviously it was played interstate, so they don't send the commentators out there. But mm. yeah, after that game, he came upstairs and he just. He's, he just came straight to me. He's like, oh, what, what happened to the Hawks, you know? And <laughs> I was just like, mate, it was unreal. Oh, that's a good impression. I thought he was in the building for a minute. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that was, yeah, good. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed that moment with him. Um, will you enjoy this weekend? Because you're playing Carlton, 110 mm. at the MCG. Do you beat them? Do you beat the Blues? Mate, it really sets up a good game, doesn't it? <laughs> have a look at it. Sets up he a just good tipped game. Carlton for the flag, and now he's saying the Hawks will beat him. No, I'm not. I'm not saying we'll win. I don't expect Hawthorne to win. Um, I'm not going to be. I'm going to be keeping a lid on this. Obviously, we're still a young team. There's going to be inconsistencies. Carlton should be winning this game. Absolutely, there's no question about it. But there is a chance. You know, I think Hawthorne will take a lot of confidence out of that game at, at the Adelaide Oval and. Um, yeah, anything's possible going Ooh. into this weekend. MCG, mate. Oh, Hawthorne love playing there, you obviously. just mated me again. Yeah. <laughs> anything's possible at the G. Correct. Anything is possible. Uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not expecting us to win, but yeah, it'll be a good game to watch. Well done, Nicholas. Very good on your debut for the uh, uh, fan's eyed view. Well done, sir. Let's do some closing questions. Mm-hmm. Short and sharp from you, Nicholas. I'll answer two if you want. Um, yep. Would you have given the ball back to Buddy? And if if so, what have you what would have you asked for in return? Uh, yes, I would have given the ball back to Buddy um, since his face is, was plastered all over social media, so people will remember you. Mm. Um, if you don't, um, I think he I think he got a pretty good prize um, in the end. What was it? A signed footy, a signed pair of boots with yeah, the Buddy one thousand. There's a whole table of things there. I didn't watch the whole press conference, but yeah, anyway. No, and a signed jumper as well. But what, but what have you asked? What, what? I'd, I'd ask for the same thing. Same <laughs> thing. I don't. Uh, yeah, like uh, the experiences are always good. Like maybe a box with your friends at a Sydney mm. game or whatever. Um, that would always be corporate good, box but, would be good with how many mates? Um, 
how much do they usually fit? About 18, 20, something yeah. like that. You just That'll have be to, good. yeah, you'd have That'll to find be. 18 mates, though. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, you're, giving, I'll... you're giving up a collectible as well, though. So you'd want a collectible back, which I think the guy got in the, you know, the signed boots. Mm. I think that's pretty big. And the footy yeah, and all that. Yeah, true, true. So, Nicely done. I would have given it back to, I would have just taken whatever they gave me. I hate asking for stuff. That would, <laughs> but that would, yeah, that would generous the club. Um, are the D's the, still the team to beat two weeks in? Very impressive. They don't look like they've slowed down. Yeah, no, they are. Absolutely. They're the reigning premiers, mate. Mm. And uh, I think they know now after winning the premiership, they don't have to finish on top of the ladder to be uh, known as the team to beat. They can just time their run perfectly. Um, and yeah, peak peak at the right time of the mm. season. We don't need to see them playing well in round two. Premierships aren't one in March, so um, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely yeah, the right. team to beat. Yeah, I like it. I like it, Nicholas. Last one was this the coming of age for Max King? Yeah, in the first half, he was hardly sighted, then bang, kicked uh, what did he kick mm. three quick goals in about four minutes and basically turned the game on its head and. They wouldn't have won without him. They won by 10 points. They were goalless in the first quarter. It didn't look good for the yeah. Saints. It was a scrappy, ugly game. Um, it was, you wouldn't watch that one back. But it was a great moment for Max King. And I think the yeah. St. Kilda supporters that needed something, that needed some positivity this week. Was this a coming of age for him? Will he just skyrocket from this point? Or do you think I it's mean, just one of those so. I, Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's kicked a bag of goals in the past before. So... Um, it's yeah, it's not the first time he's done it. I think yeah, that he can really use this as a platform for the season though, and kick on. And you know, it would be nice for St Kilda supporters if Max King comes out this year and kicks fifty or sixty goals. That'd be a dream. And yeah, he's on track for that at the moment. So yeah, I think he can definitely use use this as a platform. Well, well done. You can use this podcast as a platform for you <laughs> to go and achieve all your goals because you're doing great things, Nick. And I enjoyed speaking to you today. It was a shame Gordo wasn't here, but yeah. I'm sure he'll be back next week. We send best sorely wishes to Gordon. He was sorely missed. We hope his uh, recovery is very uh, quick and uh, he's back for the preview show at the end of the week. Hope mm. so. And uh, we hope you join us for everything we do, all the content. Hashtag footy live. Get in touch. Anything at all you want to write, we will read it out. We promise it. And abuse Nick Gullimino. He loves it. Thank you for yep. joining us. That was a round review.